Hello, and welcome to Talk Social to Me. I am your host, Mackenzie, and today I am so excited because I am talking to Nadine from The Social Shells. We talked all about how to get started as a social media manager, her journey as becoming a social media manager, and now a freelancer who helps people become a social media manager, and why it is so important for you to have a social media strategy, especially when you're working with clients. I really, really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed talking to Nadine. So let's get right into it. Nadine, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to be talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited as well. Um, So for anybody who doesn't know you, can you kind of give like a little bit of background about yourself and kind of what you do? So I'm originally from Switzerland and I started working like everybody else in a nine to five for in Switzerland, we actually start working early. So I started like 16 and then after 12 years, <laughs> I quit my job, even though I knew from day one, like, this is not really a vibe, but I kind of stuck <laughs> it out. And I did work in social media and in marketing for a long time. So that was before there was even Instagram. We only had like Facebook and Twitter. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went traveling. And while I was traveling, I saw so many people working for themselves. And I ended up being in Bali for most of the time. And back then, remote work or freelance work, it wasn't really a thing. So I thought I'd just ask other people what they were doing. And some of them were doing websites. Some of them were doing other random stuff. And my friend said, hey, you're good at social media. Why don't you do it for my boss? She never has time. So that was basically kind of my first client who came to me. And then I continued on with more clients and Back then, Instagram was just starting, so I also started to like share about my Bali life, etc. And then more and more people caught on to that and said, like, "Oh, how are you doing that? And can I do that too? Or do I need to be like famous or anything?" <laughs> and I said, "No, really. The good thing about working as social media manager is you don't have to be an influencer. Like, really, nobody cares yeah. about what you're doing. You just handle other people's accounts." And then I ended up teaching other women how to do that. And that has been my main business now for the last, I would say, three to four years, probably more four to five years now. (laughs) (laughs) So was that first like client that you got, was it really scary to take that leap from like a nine to five into being freelance and doing social media (laughs) full time? That is such a popular question. And I think most people would love for me to say yes, but yeah. it wasn't. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> no. So at that point, I've already quit my job and I was traveling and I had planned to like travel for six months, but I was really good at budgeting and I ran out of money of like after I'd say the first two months. And so then it was really like, well, I can easily go back and just find another job. But Remember, I was already in Bali in that kind of like laid back environment. Everybody was just like living the good life. And I was like, well, why would I book a flight now, go back to Switzerland and find a job? That seems that seems more scary than actually find more clients. So when I had that first client, I was like, okay, now it's just really like let the hustle begin because there's no way I'm going to go back. So after, so you get the first client. So what was your move to get more clients on your roster? For at that moment, it was really to give that client the best experience and also to see, can I even do this? I mean, I've never done this freelance. So I wanted her to have a really good experience. I wanted her to see that 
that Instagram account mainly grows and that she gets some exposure. And then from there, it was more my network who got me more clients. So then she told everybody, oh, there's this great new thing. Someone else is doing my social media and she's <laughs> even in Bali and I don't have to pay her a Swiss salary. So I was charging her a package price, but obviously if she yep. hire as a small business owner, a full-time social media manager would be impossible. So much more. Yeah. So it was really like within a few, less than a few months, I got like five to 10 clients easily. Yeah. And I remember, so I started off as a freelance social media manager as well. And that first one that I got, because I was working full-time and yes. I just like slowly started getting freelance. And that first one because she loved what I was doing. It was all word of mouth afterwards. And people just don't realize like if you do a good job for somebody, they will definitely be talking about you and definitely want to help you get to that next level. Absolutely. And I love what you just said, like having that one client on the side while you're still in your nine to five. I always teach it to my students, like don't do the drastical move that I did because maybe you don't like it or maybe it's like overwhelming and you feel like oh it's actually nothing for me then you're still in the position like okay I tried maybe I do something else freelance but I love that having some clients on the sides until you feel like okay I can actually do this and then transition away and really have like your first client be so impressed with it that also gives yourself the confidence to pitch to other clients. If you don't automatically get new clients, at least you feel confident to find new clients on your own. Yeah. And you can also experiment on that first person's account, things that you might not, maybe you do it on your account first, and then you notice that it's doing well on your account, and then you can like slowly transition it into their account. And so, yeah, I liked, I liked that at the beginning when I was just like, okay, I've got this one person I need to focus. And then growing the client list from there was just so much easier for yes. me. Yes, absolutely. So when you're first getting started, what do you think is something that people don't realize about managing social media if mm. they've never done it before? Time management. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like people underestimate how organized you have to be and you have to manage your time really well because that one, if you are not super organized and not the one in charge, clients will just dump content on you. Well, if you're lucky, <laughs> then you're also like, oh, an email is coming in from here with a random video. Another one might send you a WhatsApp message or in the US people use text message. Yeah, yeah, use WhatsApp. <laughs> so then you're like, okay, what should I do next? Now I need to post for this client. Now I need to edit this reel for this client. And you're just like, get really quickly overwhelmed. You need to have such clear structure on how you, when do you create a strategy? When do you create your content? When do you write your copy? When do you edit your videos? And like super clear with where does the client give you the content? How do you access it? Where can they review if they need to review? When do they get access to whatever statistics you'll send them? And basically work like a mini company so that it's <laughs> yeah. super smooth because otherwise you're just, going from your nine to five and you're working 24 seven, like you're literally constantly working, especially as social media manager, as you would know, on top of that, our industry, there's constantly new things coming out. So you yeah. already have more to do than another freelancer, I would say. Yeah, especially with real or was it threads that just came out yes. recently? And now everybody's <laughs> on that. And I've like lost so much time just looking at threads and seeing what people are saying. And it's, yeah, it's always something new. Exactly. And if you're listening to this, and you don't have threads added onto your list, I highly recommend 
increasing your price because it's just another channel that you have to be working. Yes, 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 yes. Add that to your <laughs> pricing. And I would say as a social media manager, I saw also on threads that so many people made like jokes or memes about oh, social media manager panicking, waking up, realizing there's a new app. And I, I mean, I knew that this app was coming like five yeah. months ago. So that's yeah. another thing as a social media manager, you need to be able to have like information constantly. You need to kind of consume the information and plan ahead because we don't want this to happen that you wake up in the morning. It's like, oh, there's a new app. Okay, I need to change my pricing. I need to change my strategies. You should have done that months ago and you should have told your clients for those who should be on the platform, etc. And that's another thing, if you'd ask me, you probably wouldn't think that if you first started social media. Yeah, 100%. Like there's so many different avenues. Like obviously Twitter is like a great place for you to find different news sources. Yes. But there's so many different newsletters out there as well that has constant social media news and just upcoming features and things like that just to constantly subscribe to a couple of them and get those newsletters and start reading them. And you'll understand that there's all these different things out there that you could be consuming and you'll know about new features and you'll know about new social media apps that are going to drop. Exactly. And I would also say like book in a day, not a day, but maybe half a day or one or two hours a week. I call those my social media CEO days where you don't do anything else for your clients. So it's not you're working not in your business, but on your business. And on those days, I actually read those newsletters in depth. So whereas maybe during the week, I read the headlines, if there's something breaking, if not, I put them in a separate folders, and then I read them all at once. Because otherwise, again, you have that constant overwhelm, and then you're just burning yourself out slowly. No, I think that's a great tip. So you mentioned social media strategy a little bit. So for someone who's just getting started, can you kind of explain what social media strategy is and why it's so important for a client? Yes. So the way how I love to describe it is like every social media platform is like a different country and every country speaks a different language. So you need to show up in every country knowing what's the language in that country. So whatever your message is, you can put it out in every country, but you need to know what is their specific language. And with that, I mean, how is the content presented? So a threat or a tweet is going to be different. You're not going to put the exact same thing on Facebook or on TikTok. You can't even on TikTok. So you kind of need to know what content to deliver on what platforms. And then on top of that, you need to know what your clients target audience is so if the client sells i don't know expensive watches they might not need a funny tiktok or a twitter account or if their target audience is in their 60s they definitely don't need a threats account right now or (laughs) a tiktok account but they will definitely be on facebook and if your client's target audience is Gen Z, they are probably not on Facebook anymore. So first of all, kind of figuring out what platform do I even need to focus on? And then how do I deliver that content or that message? Because I feel like the biggest mistake when you work with clients is the client says, okay, here's my content, just post it. And you want to like please the client and you take that random video and you post it on TikTok and it's not funny or it's like just doesn't match the vibe, then it's 
it's almost worse as if you wouldn't post it. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to have a clear strategy. Okay, what kind of content do we post on this channel, on this channel, etc., and talk with the client because obviously the client might say, oh, we don't have that kind of content or we don't want to post that kind of content so we can slightly adapt so we don't have like that disconnect basically. Yeah, I think it's so important because when I was first getting started, I had no idea that I needed a strategy at all. Yeah, And I was just kind of like posting to post because I was like, well, they need content out there. So this is what you're supposed to do on social media. You're supposed to post and just wasn't getting the engagement, just wasn't getting the response. And then once I kind of sat down with them and started asking them like questions about like who their target audience was or who they kind of wanted their niche audience to be. I like slowly started from there building out who their audience is, who their audience was, what kind of content we should be planning, all that kind of stuff. And it made it so much more simple to actually do their social media. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And it's actually my favorite part of the whole social media aspect. And to this day, I still do social media strategies for some businesses just because I love it. And I feel like you can really, as a brand, stand out if you're good on social media, if you have good strategy and if you know like, okay, um, what's trending right now and what voice does my target audience speak in? And you can really connect with that and make a difference and not just probably for every brand. It's like, okay, we want to increase sales, but like, how can we create a community? How can we become like almost famous on social media because we have such a good strategy? Yeah. So what kind of questions do you ask your clients when you're trying to build out a strategy for them? First, I ask them if they have a client avatar mapped out. So really like in-depth who their target audience is. And I would say it would be the first red flag if they would say like, well, it's like women in their 30s. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's not detailed enough. Like you need to have like really clear and ideally they have a document where it's written down where the whole company has access to. If you don't have that, that's already an issue. And then another question would be like, what is your target audience now pain points and desires? So mm. way deeper than just like demographics, etc. What are they thinking about when they can't sleep at night? What's the first thought they wake up to? And what would be amazing if they have this in their life? So then I can tie it together with my marketing strategy so that our content basically provides the solution to their problem or talks to their problem. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a big thing that people would probably not understand the pain point. Yes. I feel whenever I talk to people, they're just like, oh, well, I know that what their audience is. And I'm yeah. like, okay, but what does the audience actually want from them? Exactly. I feel that makes such a difference. And then on top of that, it's also like, how do they talk? What's their tone of voice? Like, very in-depth like where do they go to the gym what kind of music do they listen to and then depending on like what they answer it might also be that I need to work with someone else to even get that tone of voice that's a really good point because there are definitely times when people have worked with clients that they're just not compatible and they're yeah. not getting that same brand voice I worked with a an agency and they had a large roster of clients and they also had a large roster of writers on their platform. And I would write for a very specific audience uh -huh. of their clients because there was no way that I could write for like the very 
straight-laced doctors that we were promoting. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, see, that's like, to me, becoming sometimes a bit more of an issue now because I'm like an older millennial and I am on social media seeing more Gen Z kind of tone of voice. So I I literally have to almost learn a new language to even stay relevant and not like embarrass myself out there. It's so hard because you're going through all these different brand voices and just seeing all these different styles and you can see who's copied who. Yes. Because there's definitely so much of that. But yeah, I agree. Like I'm 31 and just kind of seeing just different, like just the Gen Z coming up and just the style and the brand voice because you can definitely see what their brand voice is when they're promoting different brands. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I'm 37, so I'm even like further up and i talk to my husband sometimes because i do his social media and he will send me exactly like every client oh can you just post this so i come yeah. up with like a good caption and most of the time he's like what well, i don't even understand what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> i was like yes but your target audience will know yeah. and that's the main thing they will like it exactly. <laughs> so is there something that you see that a lot of people are spending like way too much time on when it comes to their social strategy I think they get lost in the first phase, the initial phase where you like analyze other content and you kind of like, okay, what should we try? What should we not try? You do the strategy and then you need to go out there and test it in the field. And then you can do tweaks again because no data will ever tell you just when it's written on your computer, whether it works or not, only the feedback directly. So you kind of need to post it for at least a month to see like, okay, all this kind of content has worked and this hasn't. For example, everybody and their mother will tell you, well, you have to always post reels. Like that's the number one thing and that will perform so well. For my platform, it's always been whenever I post a reel, it will not perform as well as if I would say do a carousel post. So I'm not going to post 50 more reels just because everybody (laughs) says it when my data clearly says something different. So I feel like don't spend too much time to be like the scientist and like figure out the perfect strategy. You figure out a strategy and then go test it out and see how it works. Yeah, there's a lot of different Instagram, social media gurus Mm. out there that tell you all these different things. Like I just talked to Instagram and they told me that you need to do these things. And I'm just like, no. My favorite part. I just came (laughs) off the phone with Instagram. Adam Mosseri himself sent a text (laughs) message to me. This is what you should be doing. It's like post three reels a day. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. It's too much time. Nobody has the time for that. And Absolutely. It's, just, it's chaotic. Chaotic, yes. And <laughs> I even saw like some people on day one or two on threats. It's like, here's my guide on how brands can use threats. I'm like, dude, it's not even out for a day. Like, right. give us a break. Yeah. Like, or there was one I saw which I like it was like an immediate red flag to me. And it was just like, how to make $10,000 in one month on threads. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Yep. I mean, it's it's great to work in social media marketing, but it's also like, it, I understand why marketers have a bad rep. I totally yeah. agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So on the flip side of that, is there something that you think that people should be spending more time on when it comes to their social strategy? reading the analytics the correct way. So I do have clients when we look at their analytics, they tell to me, oh, this month my followers were up. I have 50 more followers and last month I had like 40 more followers and not seeing the bigger picture basically. So 
is your statistics so are your numbers always similar is it like up seven to eight percent every month you're good it doesn't matter if this month it was eight percent and then the next month it was seven percent it was still up roughly in the same range that's great if then the next month it's up 20 percent they basically pat themselves on the back it's like oh that's great <laughs> and then the months after they tell me well now it's down, obviously, because the months before it was yeah. so much up. So figure out why has that happened? Why is it massively up or massively down? Probably because you had a viral video. So how can you recreate that? And if it's massively down, look at all posts individually. Which ones haven't performed really well? Maybe you want to try something different. So really have like a bigger picture view as you would report the data to like a CEO, look at your own numbers like this and don't lose yourself in the details. Like literally nobody cares. Like, oh, we posted 50 stories and it was 1.2% up from last month. No one cares about that. Like give bigger <laughs> picture numbers and what are the solutions that were, what are the, the next steps now you're taking? No matter whether it was good or bad, you should always have an action plan after it, whether it was good or bad. So when it comes to the analytics, are there specific metrics that you personally think are more important than others? It depends on the goal, obviously. If someone is running ads, completely different story. If someone is just posting, quote unquote, organically, it depends on like, let's say it's an influencer. I understand that followers are important because that's how you make your money. So we would probably give more focus on that number. But if it's generally just, quote unquote, a brand, I would more look at which content has hooked our audience in more so where let's say how do we have more of the first three second views and where do we have the most saves because obviously people feel that content is valuable and they want to come back more to it so i would more look at these kind of engagement statistics so that i can draw a conclusion of what kind of content should I show more? And then I also like to just look at the overall picture. So let's say we're on Instagram and I look at my post and I see, oh, these five posts have performed the best. What do they have in common? And it was funny because when I was still living in Bali, I kind of started that travel blogging thing like everybody yeah. back in the day. <laughs> you could tell that whenever the best performing posts, I would put them next to each other they all were taken almost at the exact same beach and they had the exact same colors on it. So let's say I would go to this one place in the rice field. It was all these greens, etc. Never performed as good as if you, if I would go to a beach and always was this like turquoise blue water. So I knew, okay, my audience wants more beach pictures, less rice field pictures. So you kind of see a trend with your client's account doesn't have to be a travel blocker. You can still see, okay, all this educational content is doing really well, or maybe this kind of vlog style content is really well, so we can do more of this. Absolutely. I think that's something that people kind of get lost in the sauce about yes. is they just want, I don't know, it's like they want followers and yes, followers are great, but it's all about like, are people actually engaging with your yes. content? Are they saving it? And it doesn't, and engagement doesn't just mean likes. And it doesn't just mean comments. It does mean those saves. It means shares. It means all sorts of different things that people are just too focused on the vanity metrics yes. over the actual metrics that are going to get them the sales and what they actually want in their goals. So true. I even had a client who told me, well, my followers are down. Although I did get two signups for my coaching program. I'm like, 
Well, so you basically made like ten thousand dollars, but you're complaining about like five followers less, right? Like, keep the bigger picture in mind. What is your、yeah. goal? So, and I feel like that's kind of what it is right now. Is like Instagram is kind of not stagnated completely, but there is kind of a slower、yeah. process of getting followers on Instagram, unfortunately. But I and I've noticed with clients still that they're still getting. Really good sales are getting really good ROI, and their engagement might be down, but those click-through rates on their bio is still increasing, yeah. And they're still getting a lot of engagement from that, and so it's just like maybe don't look at this number on the top of、yeah. your Instagram page. Like, look at your sales. Exactly. So you kind of also need to interpret the data, not just like look at the raw numbers and like, okay, what does that mean for my business? And if I have like. Ten meaningful DM conversation because I made a really good story. Isn't that more valuable than just a double tab on my feed? Yeah, for sure. So you talked about time management and how you need to have time management as a social media manager. So are there any tools that you use, or is there anything that you personally do day to day to help you with that time management? Yes.、Yeah, so I plan out the content for my clients. I used to do a month in advance for all clients, but now、oh, wow. with video content, that's obviously a different story. I still aim for two weeks minimum, and I batch create everything. So, what does that mean? For example, on a Monday, I would say, okay, this morning I only write captions. Now, that's obviously way easier nowadays with AI tools, but still. I want to focus and completely turn anything else off, and I really only write captions for all the clients. So first for client one, client two, and maybe that takes me longer than just half a morning because I have I don't know five, ten clients, so it、yeah. will be the full Monday. And then the next day I will do okay. Maybe today I'm doing all the Canva images that I need to edit in the morning, and then in the afternoon I edit all the videos, and then on day three I put it all together and schedule it out for the next two weeks, and then. Basically, repeat the process, so that really you're never in that position where you're like, "Dang, today I need to post for this client. I don't have a video. You have to go online and you have to start、uh, edit it and all of that kind of stuff that happens in the beginning when you start working with someone." So you、yep. really want to plan ahead and batch create everything because also it's really hard for our brains to actually multitask and jump from one thing to another. So if I write captions all morning, my brain is already in that workflow. If I write one caption, then I go to Canva and edit this image. It's it's gonna take longer. Yeah, absolutely. I my time management skills at the beginning were terrible, and I would be that person that was like, <laughs> "Oh no, I have to make a post for them today." Oh gosh, what am I gonna do? And then it's just like scrolling through my phone trying to find any inspiration, and、That's、of course、so、the content、hard. doesn't do well. Yeah, it like it tanks, and you're wondering why, and you're like, "Oh, because I didn't actually put thought." Behind、yes. this post, yes, and that's so hard for a lot of people to understand that people think social media management is so easy, and an intern can do it.、Yeah. But there is so much stuff behind social media that、yeah. it, it takes a long time. I used to get so triggered when people said that to me because I felt like personally, like I took it so personal. Like, no, my job is not super easy. I know I'm not like <laughs> saving lives, but it's like not super easy. And now、yeah. I really have to laugh because I tell myself, "Well, you try it. Like you do it, then yourself and do it better."、Yeah. And I'm like, "No, I, no hard feeling if you feel you can get better results." <laughs> and obviously now because I've been doing that for the last thirteen years, I'm like, you know, it's hardly ever that 
someone said like, oh, it's actually really easy when they did it themselves. It was mostly the opposite. Like I do yeah. have a few clients who said, oh, I actually just want you to do my strategy. And then I like to do it myself. And then they came back after a few months and they were like, wow, like no <laughs> way hard. I can do it. This is really hard. And there's a lot and it's <laughs> overwhelming. So can you do it? So yeah, if you're a new social media manager, definitely get your time management game together. And also what I think is really hard as a social media manager, not actually being on social media yourself. Like, you know, sometimes I just want to scroll, but I really can't because I automatically then will see work. It's like, oh, I could do this. I could do that. Yep. So I kind of have to find a different outlet for myself to really decompress because a lot of people come home from work and they decompress by scrolling through social media. And that's not really an option no. for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just thinking about that last night because I was just like, you know what? I'm going, I worked really hard. Like I worked all weekend. You know what? I'm just going to take like half the day yeah. and I'm going to sit, I'm going to like watch TV. I'm going to like catch up on some reading. And of course, like I start scrolling through my phone and I'm like, oh, that would be a really good idea. Screenshot, yes. screenshot, <laughs> screenshot. <laughs> it's really hard. I mean, I had to set, I, I mean, I've tried everything. I set myself those apps where you can't access. The timer. <laughs> yeah. Or some apps are even crueler. You can't actually access the apps you tell oh. at a specific time. But obviously that was stupid because I do have to access it for clients. <laughs> so that was not ideal. And then I saw on, I saw it on a TikTok. There's these boxes that you can get on Amazon and you put your phone in and then- Oh, the kinda, locker. Yes, and then it kind of time blocks it. Also not ideal because what if I have to post something? So it really came down to, no, Nadine, you just need to learn how to get self-control. And <laughs> it was just putting the phone in another room. Because once I'm yeah. in the workflow and for my brain, it's like, okay, I'm on my computer, that's work. And so I'm just going to do all the work there and not scrolling on my phone. And then when I have free time, I just have <laughs> told my husband, I just need to find a hobby, basically. Yeah. <laughs> just need to find something else. And then once you have that, it's easier to like not be on your phone, basically. Yeah. So I ended up turning off all the notifications on my phone. Oh, yeah. I so I don't, I just can't do it. Because yeah. as soon as I see that little red bubble, I'm like, what is oh, this? What is no. this? <laughs> no, I could, no, I I honestly, that's the first thing I turn off. The only thing is not turned off is WhatsApp for my personal messages. If someone yep. messages me. <laughs> because also another option would be have a work phone and have a private phone. But then I go somewhere and I need to check something and then I don't want to yep. carry two phones with me. <laughs> so it ends up being all on your phone. And then you have to have all the, the photos and the videos from the client because you quickly want to post it from your phone. So yep. it's just like, you know, it's an up and down. <laughs> Social media management. It's not easy. No, it's not easy. <laughs> Well, this has been great. This is all I really had for us today. Um, awesome. Do you have anything that you'd like to promote or how can people find you online? Yeah, they can find me on the socialshells.com or any handle on Instagram or TikTok. And I have a free masterclass they can check out on my website, the socialshells.com. And there they can really see more in-depth how would a workflow be like if you work as a freelance social media manager? What would be my exact task? We talked about strategy, et cetera, because I feel like it's important to see before you dive in or do anything. It's like, is this even a thing for me? Do I want to do that? And in the masterclass, I also talk about the main difference of you're not an influencer. I think we made that clear now, but like, <laughs> yeah. like you don't have to post your face. Like I, I obviously post my face because it's I'm promoting my 
social media manager classes, but my social media manager students, they're not based <laughs> on social media, basically. <laughs> yeah, that would be more me. Like, I do not like to have my face out there. <laughs> That's why I love threats, though, now, because I, can, I don't have to have a backdrop. I don't have to do video. Nope. <laughs> like, you can just post in your pajama. <laughs> it's lovely. I love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, and I will talk to you all next week. Bye. And if you enjoyed that episode with Nadine, please, please, please give us a five-star review. It helps more people in the podcast sphere find us. And if you would like to, please follow us over on social media. We are at flick.social on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. I'm trying to think. We are on all platforms. You can also find us over on threads. We are now threading it up. We are at flick.social over there as well. And you can also find us on Twitter at flick underscore social. So please, please, please go find us. All the information will be linked in the show notes and I will talk to you all next week. Bye.